0: You're listening to the Hui Kala Baptist Church Podcast coming to you from the heart of Honolulu. Hui Kala is a committed family of faith that loves Jesus and loves one another. Grab your Bible and prepare for preaching from the Word of God from Pastor Anthony King. We're uh, coming to the end of Second Corinthians chapter nine. If you remember me telling you a few weeks ago that Second uh, Corinthians eight and nine uh, deal specifically with the idea of giving, uh, financial giving, and the way that we uh, give to the Lord. And I said, if you uh, if you don't like hearing preaching on the subject of giving, you're probably going to be very uncomfortable for the next eight weeks. And so uh, we're coming to the end of the uh, idea on giving, uh, the passage scripture that deals with giving. Next week we're going to kick off. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, uh, where it takes a look at spiritual warfare and how we prepare for that. And so, uh, but I hope that you haven't been checked out as we talk about giving. Giving is an important part of the Christian life. It's part of uh, Christian maturity. Uh, You cannot be a mature Christian if you do not give, as simple as that. It's the bottom line. Uh, And just as you cannot be a mature Christian if you do not pray, you cannot be a mature Christian if you do not read your Bible, you cannot be a mature Christian if you're not committed to Jesus's church. Uh, All those are uh, statements that we find in scripture that help us to be a mature, Christian. And so I want to challenge you uh, again one final time as we look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 9 here tonight, uh, to be faithful in your giving uh, because we give unto the Lord out of a heart of worship. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, we're going to start in verse number 8 and go to uh, verse number 15 here tonight. 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency and all, good thing, and all things may abound to every good work it is written, he hath dispersed abroad, and he hath given to the poor. His righteous remaineth forever. Now he that ministers seed to the sower both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. For the administration of his service not only supplyeth the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. Whilst by the experiment of this ministration they glorify God for your professed subjugation unto the gospel of Christ and your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men. And by their prayer for you, which long after you, for the exceeding grace of God in you, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. As we come down to the idea here, uh, again, the end of Paul's challenge to the church of Corinth about giving, he continues to talk about this seed that is sown. Again, we took a look at last week, how uh, those that sow bountifully will also reap bountifully. Those that sow sparingly shall also reap sparingly. It's the law of the harvest, you can't get around it. You throw out a lot of seed, you have a lot of opportunity uh, for growth. You throw out a little bit of seed, you have a very small opportunity for growth. Our giving is the same. Uh, if we give, again, uh, In only small amounts, we have God's ability to bless us in only small amounts. And again, when I speak of blessings, I'm not talking about financial blessings. Anyone who tells you that if you give God X amount of dollars and he will give you back uh, Y amount of dollars, that is a lie from the pit of hell. God never promises financial blessings. Uh, He never promises a financial windfall for those who give. He does promise to take care of our needs, though. If we take a look at verse number eight here, we see, first of all, tonight, when we give, God promises to care for us take a look at verse number eight and god is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work god's promise in this case that we will have everything that we need and again god has promised again to take care of every need that we have now, many times God is gracious and he's, he's blessed us in so many ways that God gives us our needs plus our wants. Uh, but God has promised to supply every single need that we have according to his riches in Christ Jesus, the Bible tells us here. And if we're faithful to give, God is faithful to take care of our needs. And again, it says always having all sufficiency uh, will have what we need. It's funny sometimes when I talk with folks individually and one-on-one about giving, they say, we just can't afford to give. And I challenge them to take a look at their budget because God has allowed all of us the opportunity to give. I've never seen anybody go broke. I've never seen anybody go hungry because of their giving. Oftentimes I have seen people go broke and struggle to make ends meet because of their status of living, living outside of their means, buying things that they cannot afford with money that they do not have. And I've seen people struggle to make ends meet because they're living above their, their means. But I've never seen a Christian who's honoring God with their finances, who is stewarding uh, the resources God's given them well, who has a budget, who's uh, sticking to the budget, living within their means and giving generously ever do without. I haven't seen that yet because God promises it will never happen whatever resources God gives us are a gift to steward for his glory. We don't own anything. I don't don't own anything to my name. I don't have a dollar to my name. Everything that I have belongs to God, and I just get to manage it for him. My children, I manage them for God because my children belong to God. My wife doesn't belong to me. She belongs to the Lord, and I manage her in a way for the Lord. My car that I have doesn't really belong to me. It's actually God's car, and I try to take good care of it and change the oil on it and wash it and make sure that it's a presentable because it belongs to God. Everything I have belongs to God and I simply steward it. And God promises if we steward well, if we give generously, that he will care for every need that we have. He says in verse number eight, at the end of that, that we may abound to every good work. You see, we'll have more than enough to do God's work if we're faithful with what he's given us. We'll be, we'll have more than enough to do his work. You see, God has a work that he wants to accomplish in this world. It's his glory, Uh, it's reaching the nations with the gospel. And God has promised to take care of every need that we have personally. And then he's also promised to take care of every need that the work requires this job of reaching the world with the gospel, this job of giving God glory through our lives. He's promised to give us everything that we need so that we can abound, have an abundance of our need to take care of the good work that he's called us to. You see, again, God doesn't put resources in your hand for your own consumption. He gives them to you for your investment in his kingdom. Now, God is gracious and loving, and he allows us to keep a portion for ourselves. God allows us to take care of our own needs from what he's given us, but we are not the primary recipients of what he's given us. He's given us what he's given us to give away to others, to pay it forward, to to bless others with our giving. And so he promises, if we're faithful in giving, he'll take care of our needs. If we're faithful in giving, he'll give us what we need to do the work. Secondly, when we give, God increases our faith. If take a look at verse number nine. As it is written, he that dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor. His righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower. You and I are the sower. Both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. You know what God says here in this, in this passage of Scripture? That if we're faithful to sow seed, that there'll be bread on our table. That if we're faithful to sow seed, that we'll have more seed to sow from there. That as we give, God gives to us. As we take care of the needs of others, God takes care of our needs. As we bless other people, God blesses us, and we never do without. This increases our faith because giving and having more are diametrically opposed to one another. You see, we all want to have more. I I don't know that many people who say, hey, I'm hoping I get a cut in pay this, this pay period. Hey, I'm hoping they dial back my hours at work so I make a little less. I'm looking forward to that. No, we're all looking for a way that we can have more. We're all looking for a way that we can cut corners or clip coupons or cut uh, cut some things out of our budget so that we can have a little bit of breathing room. Or we might look at different ways that we can sell stuff on the internet or hey, let's uh, clear out the garage and put some stuff on Craigslist and make a little bit extra money because we're all looking for a way to have more. And in in the world that we live in, the idea is that, that the more that you get, the happier that you'll be. But let me just tell you this, that is not the case at all. I've often found that the less that we have, the the more content we find ourselves. But here's what God says. If you want to have more, the quickest way to do that is to get rid of what you already have. And again, in our minds, this doesn't make sense. If I give, God's promised to give me more. How does that work? because of what God promises. Again, we can't do this apart from the promises of God, because in our economy, the more that I give, the less that I have for myself. If I'm gonna give the tithe, uh, which is 10% of my income, to the Lord through his church, if I'm gonna do that, that means that there's less for me. No, actually, that means there's gonna be more for you. Again, not speaking in financial blessings, but your needs will be cared for, and the, the blessings of God, which come in a multitude of ways, will be yours for sure. And God continues to provide the seed and the increase. I don't know if you caught that in verse number uh, number nine. Actually, I'm sorry, verse number, no, verse number 10. Now, he did minister seed to the sower. The one that gives seed to the sower, you and I are the sower, and the seed is in this context here, financial blessings, He that ministers seed to the sower both minister bread for your food and multiplies your seed sown and increases the fruit of your righteousness. Now again, this is important to note. God is not promising that when you give, you will automatically receive financial blessing. This is not a pyramid scheme. This is not a get rich quick plan. This idea is this. If I'm faithful with what God's given me, God will give me more. He gives you seed and as you sow that seed through your giving to the Lord, He's promised to give you more seed that you can continue to sow and that the seed you've already sown will have more fruit as a result of it. So again, to simplify things, we throw out seed. God continues to put seed in our bag to throw out. And as we do, we get lots of fruitfulness from the seed that we sow. And so this is our opportunity through giving to be able to see additional fruit in our lives. Now, the the principle here applies to not only our finances and sowing seed that way, we could also apply this to sowing the seed of the word of God. Uh, Jesus himself tells a parable of the different types of soil that there are and how seed gets thrown out. The same concept applies here. That the more that we sow the word of God, God continues to give us opportunities to sow the word of God and bring forth fruitfulness in our life. Again, it comes down to the law of the harvest. But as we look at this, in the context of this passage, we see verse number 11. When we give, God gets the glory. Verse number 11, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God for the administration of this service not only supplies the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many to thanksgivings unto God. Again, the idea here in verses 11 and 12, you see that word thanksgiving twice there. It's talking about praise. That when we give and we're faithful to God through our giving, whatever we have, we offer to him, it's his to do with as he pleases, that in us that creates a spirit of praise as we see God provide for us. As I give and God takes care of every need that I've ever had, it creates in me a thanksgiving to God that I even have anything to give. When when I'm able to give to the Lord, I'm first of all thankful that I even have the opportunity to give because many do not have anything to give. And so inside of us, this idea of giving should well up a, a thanksgiving unto God for what he's given to us already and how we can give to bless others. You see, our giving meets the needs of others. Verse uh, number 12, for the administration of the service not only at the want of the saints, the, the needs of other people, other Christians, but it's abundant also by the many of thanksgivings unto God. So it not only helps to meet the needs of other people, Uh, Our giving through our local church here allows us to keep the lights on in this building, allows us to uh, continue to do the work of the ministry here in the center of Honolulu. It allows us to reach other people with the gospel, allows us to uh, print uh, gospel tracts and to uh, take those out to the world, allows us to have missionaries to come in and share uh, their burden to to, to plant churches and allows us to get on board and help them uh, to do that. Uh, Our giving through the local church allows us to have an impact here in the city of Honolulu. It allows us to meet the needs of other Christians when a need arises. Uh, just a couple of months ago, we had the opportunity to help out uh, the Pacific Baptist Church in uh, uh, Hilo, Hawaii. They had some folks who were displaced because of the uh, lava flow over there. Through our missions giving of our church, we sent $1,000 to set up temporary shelters over there for people who had no housing. And I said, here's the only thing that I ask of you when you set up those housing, tell them that there are people in Honolulu that are praying for them and love them and give them the gospel. That's all we ask. And we were able to do that because of the generosity of God's people. And it allows us whenever a need arises for us to be able to jump in and say, hey, we wanna help meet this need. Hey, we want to see uh, God use us as we've been blessed. We want to bless other people as well. And that happens when we're faithful to give. It helps meet the needs of others, but our giving also generates gratitude towards God. Again, as we are able to bless other people, they praise God for the blessing that they receive. As we're able to be a blessing to other people, we praise God that we're able to be a blessing to others as well. A final thought tonight in verse number 15. I love this verse. Verse number 15. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. You see, when we give, we reflect God's generosity. God loves, and God loves by giving. John 3, 16, one of the most famous verses in the entire Bible, for God so loved the world that he gave. God is a giver. God is a generous giver. God is an extravagant giver. God loves you so much that he gave his son Jesus to die on the cross to pay for your sins. You see, you've broken God's law and I have too. We've sinned against the holy God and we're deserving of hell. I deserve to go to hell when I die because I've sinned against a holy God and you do too. But here's the good news. God loves you so much that he gave his son Jesus to die in your place. That you don't have to be separated from God for all of eternity because of what Jesus has done for you. And if you're here tonight and you don't know for sure that when you die, heaven is your home, please don't leave until you get that squared away. It's very simple. You've broken God's law and you deserve to go to hell. And the same is true for me. But you must accept the gift of salvation given through Jesus Christ. God loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die in your place and to pay for your sins. And if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ tonight, he would save you and you could have a home in heaven for all of eternity and be forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. But when we give, we reflect the character of God. When we care for others, we reflect the character of God. When we're selfless and serving, we reflect the character of who God is. And that's who God's called us to be. Our lives should reflect God's glory. Our life should reflect God's character. Again, if you're a, a father, your life should reflect to your children what their heavenly father looks like. When we say your heavenly father, it conjures up ideas of like, it's like my dad, but he's just in heaven instead. Does my life reflect to my children the character of God? If not, I need to change that. Even if you're not a father, your life should reflect the character of God to your coworkers, to your family, to the people around you, to your neighbors. Can they know what God is like or what Jesus was like by watching your life? If not, something needs to change so that we can reflect the glory of God in our lives because that's why we're here. As we come to the end of this uh, section on giving, I wanna encourage you to continue to be faithful in your tithes, offerings, and first forgiving. God has given to us. He's been so incredibly good to us and it's our opportunity to worship him through our giving. Giving is not a financial transaction. Giving is a heart status. It says to God, God, you're worthy, and you've given me so much. I give a portion of that back to you because it's all you require of me. But I'm not giving as a financial transaction, I'm giving as a part of my life. I'm not just making a uh, a line item in my budget, I'm making a line item in my heart. God, everything belongs to you that I have. And giving is an act of worship to that, to the Lord through that. And so I wanna challenge you tonight. If you haven't been faithful in your giving, I wanna encourage you to begin now looking at your budget, trying to figure out how you can be faithful in your giving. If, you're, if you say, I'm, I'm currently giving, I'm, I'm currently tithing the way that I should, great. We've got other opportunities to help a Bible college student go to Bible college, to uh, help a missionary start a church in the, uh, the state of Arizona. We've got other opportunities that are coming up. We'll have more as the uh, year goes on to be able to give, because that reflects the heart of Jesus. It reflects the heart of our Father in heaven as well. If you're here tonight and you don't know for sure that heaven is your home, please speak to me after the service is over. I'd be more than happy to open the Bible and share with you how you can know for sure when you die, heaven is your home. It's the most important thing in the world. You can give a million bucks to the church. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you will be separated from God for all of eternity. That's the most important thing, is that you know for sure that your sins are forgiven and that God has been so incredibly good to us. Let's be faithful to Him today, tomorrow, and every day till we see Jesus.